This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by Divine Echoes, Reconciling Prayer with the Uncontrolling Love of God. How the heck does petitionary prayer work in a world where there's so much suffering and evil? Is praying for others just a religious, superstitious practice that does nothing at all except make the person praying feel better? If we don't pray for others, does God allow them to get sicker, lose potential rent money, and suffer in their addictions? Is that who God really is? Can we engage in prayer that is more effective, less harmful, and doesn't make God look like an unfair, stingy, and fickle jerk? If you are looking for a pioneering book on prayer that is thought-provoking, challenging, and endorsed by some of today's most well-known authors and scholars, then Divine Echoes is the book for you. Bible's got you tied in knots If you're burdened with religious thoughts Come grab a drink and join the choir It's Heretic Happy Hour Well, hello everyone and welcome to the Heretic Happy Hour podcast. We have a very special episode for you because as you know, and you all know, um, we have now, we, we have created an award and um, it has become one of the most coveted awards um, that you could possibly give in the in the sort of deconstruction progressive space. Um, and so once again, we have gathered together to uh, announce the winner. So this will be an award show, but a very, very brief award show because there's only one award. Um, so we can't wait to jump into it. And um, my name is Keith Giles. I am one of your many co-hosts, author of the Jesus Un series of books on deconstruction and reconstructing your faith and also Solo Mysterium, celebrating the beautiful uncertainty of everything on Amazon. And I am joined by the greatest, the greatest bunch of hosts in podcastdom. Is that a thing? Podcastdom? The kingdom of podcasting. Um, so <laughs> December, uh, Shonda, Katie, and sometimes Matt, say hello. I if if there is a podcastum, I'd like to be one of the one of the queens. Yes. In there. And so I am Queen Katie Valentine in this kingdom. And it is the most coveted day of the year, the heretic of the year episode. Um, I'm the founder of the Metaphysical Christian Facebook community and excited to start off 2023. Let's see what's in store. Happy New Year. I am December Rose, uh, the author of The Church Can Go to Hell. I'm just happy to make it into the year with four of my favorite people. I'm excited about what's coming up. We're all the heretic of the year, to tell you the truth, but we're going to talk about the one we like the most. So I'm excited about that. Thank you so much for listening. I am Shonda, and I am the author of the upcoming book, Rebels, Despots, and Saints, The Ancestors Who Free Us and the Ancestors We Need to Free. Um, If we're going along the royalty uh, framework, I would prefer to be thought of as your benevolent despot. I am excited about the year ahead. I like that. I, Shana, I, I, I see a t-shirt like that says the beloved despot. So <laughs> that's, I, I like that. And I, I am Matthew J. DiStefano, author of the forthcoming book, The Wisdom of Hobbits, Unearthing Our Humanity at Three Bagshot Row. I don't need to tell you what it's about because it's about hobbits. So if you, if you love the hobbit race, then you're going to want that book in March. And I'm excited for yet another Heretic of the Year Award. It used to be called the Javanji back in the day. And now we have we've we've made it to 2023. Can y'all believe it? Uh, I'm getting whiplash. This this year went by so quick. I can't. It's like, whoa, what happened? 
And we had some epic and monumental changes. <laughs> 2020 was interesting, but I'm, I'm with Keith. It was like we we're in a wormhole. It went by so fast for me. Like a, <laughs> we just came in and we were out. Here we are in 2023. So it was it was like that, but it was great. It went so fast <clears throat> that, I mean, it went, it's, it's one of these weird things where it, yeah, it blew by really quick. But when I sit and try to remember the sort of the highlights, I'm kind of like, what happened? I have to mm-hmm. go back to my calendar and like scroll back and go, oh yeah, that happened. Oh yeah. Um, what was particularly <laughs> weird was a couple of things went right. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Especially after the couple of years we've had. Yep. This point. It was going yes. against type. Yes. I love it. I, I hope for more of that in the year to come. I, My mom was talking last night and she said something about, oh, it's going to be a rough year. And I go, what do you mean? No, don't say that. I mean, we've already had enough rough years. I, I'm going to believe I want to just manifest this into the universe. This year is going to be a year of great things, really unexpectedly great things. And I'm looking forward to this year. I'm with you on that, Keith. Love that. We're putting that in the atmosphere. It's going to be a great then, yeah, just, year. Yep. Put it out there. Matt and I, who are both concerned about the climate crisis, are like, that's really cute. We like that. That's sweet that you think that. <laughs> yeah. As, as, we're, as we went from extreme drought to decided to flood the entire Massive state of California. Massive floods. Yes, yeah. that's true. Yeah. yeah. Katie, how was it for you? Oh, 2022 was a decent. Um, you know, there were no murder hornets. No one in my immediate family was in the hospital because of COVID this year. I lived in Ireland the whole year. So like on a personal level, it was okay. I'm concerned about all the things we're all concerned about, but ready for 2023. You know what's, you know what's weird about reflecting on a year is when we look back at um, uh, who, who did we have as our, you know, this is the heretic of the year. Who did we have as our heretics of the week? And you look back and you're like, that was this year? Uh-huh. Wow! What the fuck? <laughs> so, so it's it's this weird dynamic of like it seemed like a long time ago, but it also seemed like it flew by. So I don't know if anyone else experiences that when you reflect on a year of it being oh, yeah. really slow, some but also really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. It, it, you know, on one hand, it feels like it flew by, but on the other hand, it feels like it was so long. I can't remember <laughs> right. what happened, you know, at the beginning of it. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's a weird, weird thing. If, if you'll allow me the reflection. Sure. Um, that might be a function of all of our ages. You know, the older you get, oh, the faster no, no, the year no. goes. Oh, so. man. Watch it. Watch it. I hope not. I, I, just like we claim this is going to be a great year and a little bit ago, I, I, I reject that. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I rebuke that prophetic word you are speaking. <laughs> all right. Yes. Yes. I, I, I want to look at 22 more like um Quantum Leap. Y'all remember that old show? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that show. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love that show. So just it like teleporting and transporting into different spots and moments, and you know, it was interesting. But here we are in 2023 waiting for great things to happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, All right. well so uh, do we want to jump into this uh, whole award thing? Let's, let's do let, it. Let's explain just a little bit how it works. For oh, anyone okay. that this is a first timer. So we've had, I don't know, 25 guests or so over the course of the year. Every week we have a heretic of the week with with a very few exceptions. I think we didn't have heretics of the week for our film series this year. Right. And so out of those, uh, all the many heretics who graced us with their presence, we've each nominated one and we put the vote forth to the community. 
And so we're going to go through and tell you why we had our nominees and then we'll announce the winner. And just like happened in 2020, I think, um, Shonda and December are not eligible because they both were heretics, but then they came on board as co-hosts. And so I'm sure that it would have been a tight race between both of you, if only yes. you had been eligible this year. I'm pretty sure it would have been a tie, yeah, obviously. Yes, obviously. obviously. Exactly. And we'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember our previous winners? Do I? Who was who, yeah. was, who won the first one? Who won the first one? I, re- I know who it is, but I want to see if you guys remember. Who won the very first Javanji Award, Heretic of the, Heretic of the Year? I think I remember. It was Elizabeth Trader. Was it? No, no, no. Sorry. Uh, Kristen Dumais. Yes, Kristen Kobe wow, DeMay for Jesus yeah. and John Wayne, which is, yes, and phenomenal. Kev, did Kevin, Kevin Garcia won one, didn't he? No, he did not. No, no, no. no. And last year was uh, Herman. I was going to say, I remember last year's being Hemet. Yeah, who yeah. who is the the guy behind the friendly the atheist. Friendly atheist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, he's so he lovely. Our, he's a great guy. Yeah. He really is. So let's get into our nominees for this year. Is it worth right. mentioning before we jump into that, there was one who was so obvious we decided not to even nominate him because he was yeah. kind of over the top. <laughs> yeah, he would have crushed probably <laughs> the competition. <laughs> well, Although the yeah. competition was amazing. It was yes, amazing. Yes. yes, but but when Dwight Schrute, a.k.a. Rain Wilson, comes on your show and you're trying not to fanboy, you can't <laughs> nominate him. Yeah, yes. it's true. So yeah. I just looked it up, by the way, and Rain Wilson apparently was our very first heretic in January, January the 4th of uh this past year so yeah he he uh he was our very first what a way to kick off 2022 huh that was an amazing thing and like you said matt it's hard to believe like did we do was that this year or this past Mm -hmm. year like wow that was pretty cool that was pretty cool so who who wants to get to their first nomination um well if i'm following our show notes here it's me so I'll, i'll just quickly say my my nomination um for heretic of the year was april of joy we had april on uh, as our guest, if you don't know who April is, um, you need to find out. You, you're probably, I'll say this. If you, if you don't know who April is, you're not on TikTok or Instagram. Uh, because if you are, and you're not, you're, li- and you're not listening to this podcast. Like you <laughs> <say> that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, you're living under a rock or something. So, uh, yeah, April joy is awesome. She's, she's really hilarious. I think the first time I came across, she's, she basically has a YouTube or TikTok channel. Uh, sorry, not YouTube. Uh, she has a TikTok channel and, and an Instagram channel. And, um, she's amazing. She's hilarious and, uh, really, really funny. The first time I came across her was she had done a response video to that guy, Matt, what's his name? Is it Matt Wallace or something? What's his name? Some pastor who, some pastor who had done a thing about how, you know, deconstruction was just sexy and that's why everybody's doing it. And so she made a little video like, is deconstruction sexy? And it's all like this kind of soft filter and she's being all, you know, sexy. It's hilarious. Um, so anyway, April was was a great heretic of the week, and uh, that was my nominee. And mine was uh, Yolanda Norton. How can you not nominate someone who does the Beyonce Mass? Yeah, I that's mean, right. I mean, that's like that was in the midst of our decolonizing series, which I thought was our most maybe. I mean, it's hard to say our most important series, but. To me, it seemed like it was, I mean, all of our series are important. We're talking about important things, but that one just stuck out to me and I was thinking about it and it was like, again, I'm not going to fanboy and just nominate Rain Wilson. Um, so I was like, you know, I, I, I mean, I love, I'm a huge Beyonce fan. So if someone's doing a mass based on Beyonce, 
then that's that's my type of person. So that was my nomination. And I love that one because I am kind of friends with Yolanda and I still fanboy Yolanda. So I think that was a good, I there respect you go. it. You're, there you, you still go. get to fanboy. Okay, <laughs> good, 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 good. So um, my nomination was uh, Kevin Garcia. And, you know, so Kevin's a spiritual recovery coach. He's a mystical theologian. He wrote uh, the book Bad Theology Kills. And there's kind of a slew of deconstruction influencers in social media, right? And I kind of have this sense of them collectively as they're very clever. They're very edgy. I don't find them spiritually supportive. And I had mistakenly lumped Kevin in with, I'm not naming other ones because they're good people. (laughs) Um, And then I listened to that interview and I was like, he is so compassionate. He is so grounded. Yeah. He is so wise. He was yeah. still funny as heck, the same way that these very clever other, you know, influencers are. But there was something so substantive and kind about yeah. him that I feel like is sometimes missing from the more edgy, you know, social media deconstruction influencer types. And that just brought me so much joy. And you know, solidarity to another queer Christian also. My heretic of uh, the year nominee is, was Meg Hepner. I was just so uh, inspired by her, by her journey, by being uh, coming through the Mennonite culture and how she um, evolved in her faith and how she, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's from, to me, it's one thing to, be part of a church or a faith or be going to a certain church and decide, "Mm, this is not for me anymore. or start questioning what that is and decide you're not going to go to that church anymore. You're not going to go to church in general anymore. That's one thing. It's another thing to be raised up in a culture and a community where that's your whole life, where that is everything you do Everybody you know, your family, your friends, your entire life is this culture, is this religion or whatever. That's a whole, to me, that's a whole nother level of getting free. That's a whole nother level of liberation to me. And um, (laughs) it's a very loud car out here. Uh, So for me, I, I just was so inspired by her journey, by her courage, by her, uh, just that perseverance that she had to uproot herself and remove herself from something, an entire community, culture, everything at the risk of maybe even getting shunned or disowned by her family or whatever the case in order to remove herself from a situation, a religion, a place that was no longer serving her and just to have the courage to, to to explore God in a way that made sense for her. And for that reason, I was so admi- uh, so inspired and so encouraged and so empowered. And that's why I nominated Meg Hepner. Yeah, Meg was great. I, you're reminding me, December, that I remember e- even before that interview was over, like in the middle of that interview with her, I was thinking to myself, this woman needs to write a book and choir needs to publish it. And I, I actually got, I got in touch with her afterwards and I was like, can we get a zoom call? Have you ever thought about writing a book? Cause like you need to write a book. She was so fascinating. Um, and she is going to write a book. So that's exciting. 
uh, yeah, she, that was yes. such a surprisingly, I mean, you know, I, I was interested to talk to her, but, um, but man, once we got on that conversation, that inter- interview with her was like, whoa, there's, there's some deep waters here. This is some good stuff. So yeah, I totally agree. Yes. Yes. She's amazing. So my nominee is uh, Romel Parks Weekly, and he was also part of the Colonizing series. And I was um, instrumental in five, six of the people that we had for the decolonizing series, including Shonda, um, just different contacts I'd had. And Ramel was the one person I actually didn't know at all beforehand. And he is a colleague and friend of Derek's. Um, So that was someone that Derek brought in. And um, it it was just so authentic and genuine, a black gay pastor that does, brings liberation into his work. And I, I just loved hearing about his story and how he started questioning his, his own journey and the things that he had been taught, but did that in a way that felt to me so self-reflective. And he was able to avoid much of the shaming that we bring on ourselves in the deconstruction process, which is totally normal. It's totally common, but like Ramel somehow seemed to just like be Teflon to that process. And I thought it was such a wonderful model of how to do this, do this authentically. And he still stay, he has remained within his tradition um, and, and really made that work for him. And so I, I just totally enjoyed see, hearing from him. And now I follow him on social media. So I'm, I'm a fan. That was a great one. And like Matt said, that decolonizing series was seriously like a watershed moment, I felt like for the podcast. So uh, Katie, I think that was your idea. And man, it was so good. I, I don't think I personally have learned and grown more during a, a podcast series that we've done than I did during that one. Because that was we did it so differently, right? We, uh, rather than having a heretic of the week, we just had that person pretty much the entire episode, right? They just walked us through the entire conversation. And it was so phenomenal just to sit back and, and learn from all of these amazing people. So if you Listeners, if you have not gone through that decolonizing series, uh, I highly, highly recommend it. It was so good. Yeah, we didn't do a lot of talking. So it was, it was nice to have. It was great. I didn't have to say much. I just got to sit down and listen, <laughs> shut up, learn something. And hopefully, our, I, I know our listeners learned something from that. Yeah. People have said the less that I talk, the more they enjoy the podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Here, where's where's my mute? Here where's we go. Where's the mute button? <laughs> hey, nobody says that. We love oh, to hear from you, Keith. Thank you. I appreciate it. I can that. think of a few people. Well, two of our nominees. You can't believe you can't believe nothing Matt say. <laughs> uh, well, two of our nominees are f- from the decolonizing series, um, Yolanda and Ramel. So it was, you know, it, it speaks well. So yeah, I was the secret admin behind yes. the decolonizing series. But you know, once you get a fantastic people like Shonda and Yolanda and Ramel and Jay and yeah. uh, Joy, and I'm missing someone uh, on there. Oh, you know, we don't yeah. have to do a thing. Yeah, Jay. No, actually, Jay and Joy both were also so amazing. I mean, all of them were. But I mean, seriously, that that whole series was just like wow. So yeah, good stuff. But we're actually we we're going to talk a little bit more later about what our personal favorite uh, things about last year in the podcast were. But I think I think we're ready, right, to say yeah. Okay, well, so our Heretic of the Year, just to recap, your nominees are April Ajoy, Yolanda Norton, Ramel Parks Weekly, Meg Hepner, and Kevin Garcia. And I, I know everyone is waiting with bated breath. We all put on our fancy cocktail attire. We all have martinis or tea or coffee or something in our hands while you await uh, this 
wonderful, wonderful award. So without further delay, the winner, the heretic of the year of 2022 is April. And she's making her way to the stage. Uh, She's making her way to the stage now to give her acceptance. (laughs) Welcome, April. Welcome. Wow. Wow. Thank you all so much. I am so incredibly honored to receive Heretic of the Year. I'd like to thank everyone from the Heretic Happy Hour podcast who voted for me and the Academy. And gosh, where to begin? It's been such a long road to get here. And I know this may be a little controversial, but I'd like to thank God and his fan club for doing awful things in God's name. Because without them, I don't think I'd be here. I'd also like to thank the church lady who said I was disobeying God's will for not voting for Trump. I'd also like to thank the pastor who said we weren't welcome at church when they found out my spouse was non-binary. And I'd like to thank all the Theo bros who regularly call me a Jezebel, slut, demon, and the Antichrist. Because every time I thought about giving up and going back to church groupthink, it was bigots like these that kept me persevering. Yes, it's been tough, but today is the culmination of all my efforts. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you all. Wow. I'm, I'm that's sh- I'm sh- that's an acceptance speech. Uh, I'm a tear. That was beautiful. That was an acceptance speech. Thank you, April. Possibly the best we've ever had. That was cool. <laughs> Oh wow, so great! So we, we're given we gave her the very tiny Jabanji Award. It's a very small award. It's it's uh it's actual size, so it's a very small award. So it's so it's slightly larger than Keith's. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm taller than Jamal. Come on. Uh, <laughs> all right. So that there you go. There's your winner. Um, I guess we wanted to talk a little bit about reflecting on this past year. We've already done that a little bit, but um, does anybody have? sort of a favorite episode or a favorite series or a favorite heretic of the week that stands out that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, all of, for me, I'll just go first and I'll be quick. They're all my favorite because all of them have like 18 tracks to edit, sound bites, music clips, guests, interviews. And so I just love them all so much. And I love spending so much time with you fine people every week. Uh, that's beautiful. And Katie, you ran us through the, all the series that happened this year. Do you do you have them? In, are you would you be willing to name them real quick one more time? Because they were some really good ones this year. Yeah, absolutely. So we we kicked off the year 2022 with Rain Wilson, uh, which was super fun for all of us who were there. Then we had our decolonizing series. That was I think six about six episodes. Uh, we did yeah, a. Yeah. And then we did a parable series, a parable series part one, uh, which was really fun. And at the end of the parable series is when Derek announced his departure. And as an interlude, we all took a deep breath and we had our faith and film series. And then we had the most awesome episode when we welcomed Shonda in December. Yay! So we can all cheer for that. <laughs> uh, and after that, we, we wasted no time and we got straight into the church trauma series and all the all the people who have just like fucked it up royally. That was my fault. And I want to apologize to oh. everybody who's listening. <laughs> for suggesting um, it was. Yeah. You know, we didn't we, we didn't pull any punches, which was really fun. Uh, then we just are right now we're in the middle of our what if series. So we've had things like what if aliens were real? What if Jesus was a woman? What if there was no Christmas? And I think we might have one or two episodes after this one. I just wanted to say real quick that 
Um, cause I, I was scanning through here too. And like some of the heretics of the week that we got this year, we've already said were amazing rain Wilson and, and some others, but, um, I really loved having, um, Elaine Pagels on. And, uh, that was, although that recording was a nightmare. Uh, I think she was on a, she was on her computer, but she didn't have a microphone. Right. And it was like clipping out. It was like a walkie talkie. <laughs> it was, that's what it felt like. like. Yeah. <laughs> It was a rotary phone or something anyway, but <laughs> it was, uh, it was fun. Uh, and Jennifer Knapp, um, she's, uh, she's become a dear friend. I love her and it was so great to have her on the show. And it was one of those things where like, I- I'm pretty sure we could not have possibly used the entire interview. Cause I think the whole, the interview was over an hour. Uh, we just kept talking and talking. It was so good. Um, but yeah, it was really great to have her on as well. You know, what's you know, what's funny about Jennifer Knapp is in like, this must've been, 22 years ago or something i went to this conference in uh columbus ohio and she played there and i i you know i was still an evangelical and i quote unquote like helped with security you know we volunteered and all that so oh, yeah. you stand you stand up front with your back to the yeah. back to the artists yeah like like you know some 18 year old kid and so that's 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 what i remember i i never listened to her music or anything so apologies <laughs> jennifer but i'm glad you were on the show and that's my one memory of because i didn't listen to like what is it ccm music all that right um but that was um but now she's on the heretic happier and i don't think she probably would have thought that 22 years ago that she's going to be on some show called the heretic happy hour in 20 years yeah she um She's also just as a quick plug. Later on this year in June, June 9th and tenth, uh, we're doing that Awaken conference in Nashville uh, at Sparrow Day Church. It'll be our second one, and she will be the musical guest uh, for the next Awaken conference. So I'm super excited to have her join us uh, in that. That's going to be awesome. I know your last musical guest. I wonder if his album has come out. That was, he was very amazing. soon. It's coming out soon. Derek Webb. Yeah. He was, uh, he's actually doing a tour right now, like a house show tour, um, for the Jesus hypothesis. And, um, yeah. So I th- think the album should be out soon for him. Nice. I, I love it. I can't, I can't remember the song it was something about wear pearls or something, but I can't wait for his album to come out. It was great. One of my highlights, uh, was the, what, well, the current series we're in still the what if, but the one that, stands out of my mind if what if aliens were real <laughs> and what if jesus were a woman but the aliens one stood out because we got into this we went down the rabbit hole of whether or not our existence is real and what if everything is programmed and what if our even our miracles are curated and <laughs> it's a big experiment and so i really enjoyed going down the rabbit hole with y'all on that that was fun <laughs> yeah you blew my mind on that december i was like what <laughs> <laughs> That was a lot of fun. I re- you did have a quantum hypothesis that like shook me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I still think about that. Maybe that's a book somebody could write. Like all our miracles are curated. What's someone just playing with us? And the person who never has their prayers answered, that person becomes an atheist. And the one that has all their <laughs> prayers answered, that one becomes like this worldwide charismatic evangelist or televangelist. And the one who has some of them answered and some of them not answered, that's an agnostic. I don't know. But what if it's just a big experiment? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, anybody else have some favorite guests or shows? Or I gotta say, um, so one of the sh- one of the series that I think is gonna 
like stand the test of time in some good ways is the faith and film series. I know that's before I came along, um, but I just think it's going to end up continuing to serve people well for a long time to come. And just wanted to acknowledge that, but more than any series or episode, I really think it is worth acknowledging the power of stoned thoughts. I think that that was a significant contribution to the <laughs> yeah. life of the heretic. Happy How hour. can we forget that? Um, that was and largely trip. because it, Nobody can see Katie nearly crying with laughter every single time we do it. Um, so I'm sad that we don't have a video version of that, but that is part of what makes it glorious to me. Yeah. So shout amazing. out to Matt on that. Yeah. Thanks, man. I do have to like compose myself before and after every single stone thoughts. And I have to go straight from stone thoughts into the heretic of the week. And it's not, it's not always easy. You know, there's a lot nope. that goes on behind the scenes here with our emotional control and such. <laughs> Yeah. Deconstruction happens. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I just in the moment. Um, the I've really enjoyed both of our um, parable series. I, I think partly I have oh. a love hate relationship. I think with parables um, because they do require so much work. They require they require so much thought. And uh, my area's foundation course way back in like 2003 was on parables, which is I think what kind of inspired the. Um, the ongoing relationship. But what I love about them is that they are absolutely accessible to every, every single person. We can all wrestle with a parable and these everyday objects uh, that Jesus uses are complex. And so their, their, their simplicity and their complexity continues to speak to me. So I always learn um, something new or think about them in a new way whenever we have those conversations. Yeah, I totally agree. That that parables, the both parable series again, were just amazing. I mean, to go into an episode, like seriously, like okay, we hit record, we start doing the episode. I think I know where we're going, but by the end of it, I'm like, whoa! I we ended up somewhere I did not expect, and I really loved just being able to uh, look at these parables that you think you know what they mean. And then suddenly realize, oh, I don't think I know what I mean at, at all. <laughs> like I've been missing the point this entire time. So yeah, that that was wonderful. I wouldn't even mind doing that a third time because that, mm. that parable series was awesome. I feel like it embodies what I believe is really important, uh, which is there is very little point in reading the Bible if you're not doing it in community. Yeah, mm. I think part of what's powerful is people engaging each other in Oh, did you catch that? Oh, wait, I caught something different than that. Um, did you know this part? And to me, that's how the whole Bible needs to be read. I think it was designed yeah. for community consumption and engagement. Yeah. And and I think that that's part of our, maybe deconstruction, but I think our reclamation process uh, of our relationship to the text. And I think the parable series really embodies that. Yeah, and I think That's we awesome. get that to piggy to piggyback off that we get that when we wrote our own. Yeah, um, because we we almost had to do it in community because we didn't have the author chiming in, right? Right. And so, um, yeah, I think having three, four, five other voices there, whatever your community is in in ours, mm -hmm. it's it's you know it's grown a little bit here, but um, I think I think that's part of um, I'm not. I'm not a Wesleyan in my theology, but I do appreciate that Wesleyan quadrilateral because it it balances out that sort of like individualized our reason and our experiences with our community traditions and hearing from other people. I mean, I'm not a black woman. I, I'm not an Asian American, uh, you know, so 
I'm not going to have those lenses that I'm going to miss. I'm going to have blind spots in my own theology and my own approach. So I need community, not only community, but diverse community. Yes. And I'll say one other thing about the parables and what's amazing about them is we got Derek Day to carry care about the Bible for a couple of weeks, <laughs> yeah, which I think weeks. is pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So that was the other thing, too. Yeah, Matt, the when, when we were writing our own parables, it was such a wonderful exercise to do that. I, I would recommend it. Like if you have a community, this is a fun thing to try. Have everyone just go off and write their own parables, read them to each other. And then the rest of you, without consulting the one who wrote it, try to figure out what it means. That exercise was so instructive because it made you re- realize that, I mean, like the, again, like the, the, that whole thing about when you're reading these parables in the Gospels, um, again, it's almost impossible now if you went to church and grew up in church and heard Sunday school lessons or sermons from the pulpit about these parables, you've already been told what, oh, this means that, and this means this, this stands for that, blah, blah, blah. Here's how to understand it. So by doing this exercise, and like, so Matt, you know, you write something, and we're all just kind of like, well, what the hell could that mean? We're completely blank slates. Is this and, dude stoned? What's going on? Well, <laughs> yeah. And so, but but even even in that case, so, so it puts you, it, it sets you back on your equilibrium, like, okay, well, now I don't, I got to try to figure this thing out. Um, but even then, right, we know Matt. So we we have a little bit of insight into who Matt is and the kind of things he you know he cares mm-hmm. about and thinks about. So even then we're kind of at a at an advantage that other people that didn't know Matt would not have. So like let's just take Matt's you know if we took Matt's parable and we just kind of buried it in the ground and then two thousand years later someone dug it up and does no idea who Matt is and read it would they come up with the same thing we would come up with? Of course mm-hmm. not, right? So there's all these layers of like. How is it that you think you just know what this means? Um, it just, I don't know. It was just a wonderful, exci- exciting kind of uh, exercise to go through. And it just re- made me realize that we should be able to approach everything that way in the scriptures, right? To just, as much as we can, try to approach it from a blank slate to try and look at it from a different angle. And and it unlocks sort of, you know, unexpected hidden meanings that you you're totally missing or it's just going right over your head. So that was so, so wonderful. I just, I loved it. I, I wasn't here for the, the, the parables portion, but I did read through our notes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm totally in favor of Matt writing a book called stoned parables. When you said uh, that, you you know? <laughs> uh, one of the things that, even though I wasn't here for that, I, one of the things I like about the exercise of writing your own parables to me speaks to the fact that, let's say you're uh, believing that God exists, that he has not stopped speaking. So yes. we think about the Bible as, as a document that's like stuck in time. This is well, they even called it the word of God, right? <laughs> like he don't talk no more. Like he ain't got nothing else to say. That's all he had to say. And this is what's going to dictate your whole life. I like that the writing the parables is like, how are you inspired to instruct Others, like you said, if you bury this in the ground and come back 200 years later, will somebody consider it the word of God or the words of Matt, Keith, Shonda, Katie? You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, to me, it's just like God has not stopped speaking. And if someone can write a parable, then someone can write a parable now that can help somebody to get through life. Well, unless anyone has a, 
I love that, by the way. Stone Parables. I, 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 I regret to say that I don't know if I can find a publisher for something like that, but I'll try. <laughs> um, I think I think I know a guy. You know a guy who knows. Yeah, I know a guy. A guy who, um, I know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> yes. Um, do we do we want to tease out maybe our what we have coming out in 2023? Yeah, what little we know because <laughs> we're we're about in the dark as anybody else. But we have we have little inklings of some ideas of what we might be wanting to jump into next, right? So we were just talking before we hit record, like what are we going to do next? <laughs> um, and I thought we had some good ideas. What what uh, what can we say about where we're going after this? I think our theme song says it all. Right, like uh, if the Bible has you tied in knots, oh, yeah. and so we're going to be un- untangling some more things about the Bible, maybe some myths and misconceptions about like what the Bible actually is coming up super soon. Oh, not the Bible unseries. Come through, Keith. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Shameless plug opportunity. I love it. Yes. Well, and I think we all think we know what we mean when we say the Bible, so I think it's going to be interesting to uh, press against that. Yeah. Mm. I think so too. Yeah. Cause there's so many questions people have about the Bible, you know, when, cause when, when the, I don't forget who suggested it first about the Bible, but it was like, at first I was like, yeah, like the Bible, but then I'm like, well, wait, no, no, no. There's actually <laughs> so much, right. Cause people all the time have just questions about like which translation is the best or um, just questions about Bible difficulties or um, inspiration and all that stuff. Right. So it's going to be, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff we can talk about in a, like a Bible series. It's just, it's so interesting. If you just stepped back outside of like humanity, like you just came to the earth and you're an alien and you just showed up and you, and you learned that humans, no matter what religion, there's like, oh, we've got this one book. And it's like, well, how many books do you have? Millions, millions, millions and millions of books. We don't even know how many books there are. I mean, go, go to Barnes and Noble. And that's just like, they sell what? A hundred thousand books. Go to Amazon. You're ranking, if you're not selling any books, you're in the millions, millions. Yes. Well, we got this one book. Well, what is that book? <laughs> well, we don't, we don't really agree on it. Some, some say it's this, some say it's, it's like, man, how absurd it is to live your life by one book. No matter yeah. what that book is, whether mm-hmm. it's, I mean, not that these books aren't important. The Quran's important. The Bhagavad Gita is important. The Bible is important. But no, it's of utmost importance and it trumps all other books. I probably yeah. shouldn't use the word trumps. So I find a synonym, but... Um, (laughs) It's just like, man, how absurd it is. Like, even if that book is important, if you elevate it to that status, right, it almost strips away the importance. So maybe that's what that's that'll be some thoughts that sometimes Matt, sometimes Matt will chime in, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Some teasers there. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good year. Like I said, I'm I'm manifesting out into the world. 2023 (laughs) is going to be a year of good things. Good things. Good things. I have one thought <laughs> about something for 2023 that I thought about, you know, like how we do stone thoughts. And um, I had a thought about folks that like, uh, like assholes in the Bible. And then like <laughs> uh, assholes out here that, that say they believe in the Bible, like a, like a, like a series called this motherfucker, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that, that, <laughs> and that person would be like one in the Bible would be like Haman, you know, that motherfucker yeah. Haman, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or Nabal or, you know, so those are like this motherfucker right here. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> this stupid ass. So this person in the Bible and then like somebody that's also, you know, um, modern or 
you know, oh, yeah. in the world right now, that's I one love of those it. The contemporary like, equivalent. Yeah, the contemporary equivalent of Heyman. I love it. I, I love feel it. Like, yeah, I feel like, like you've like, described man. But I feel like you've just described the theme of every episode we've ever done. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that's what I thought. Like, we need to have a whole series called This Motherfucker right here. It can be a book into the church trauma series. Oh my gosh, seriously. Ancient assholes, modern assholes. Ancient assholes. Yes. I like it. Ancient assholes. Ancient assholes. Yes. Yes, yes. So anyway, that's just a thought. Just a thought. We could put that in there with stone parables. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Love it. We've got a whole collection. (laughs) Yes. Well, I honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this year. I'm excited that y'all are on board with us. Um, We've had a couple transitions through Heretic Happy Hour and it's like we're going on our sixth year. Wow. So that's crazy. And yeah, so they I'm glad. I'm, they said it would not they, last. I don't know who said that. We're in but first grade now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you made it. You're six years old. Big thing. Elementary school. Yeah. That's right. It's we're, awesome. we're, it's the elementary school level podcast here, folks, <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to. I want to say thank you to all those who have been listening. At last count, I think we. Ended. We we came out of 2022 with over 500 thousand downloads. Is that right, Keith? Matt? Yep. 518,000 um, downloads. Yep. So that is so so very exciting. So thank you all that are listening, and I also want to invite you to go and check out the website heretichappyhour.com where you can find quizzes, episodes, freebies, the bookstore where you're gonna get a discount. Okay, so come shop with us. T-shirts, all that kind of good stuff. And you need to be our 520,000 download or whatever it's going to be because it's only going to get hotter and hotter from here. We're going from hot sauce to sriracha and then sriracha to ghost pepper and then from ghost pepper to I don't know where we're going, but just get ready to burn because you know it's Heretic Happy Hour and whatnot. But thank you so much for listening. Cool. And if you want to vote for Heretic of the Year next year for 2023, it's t- best to get started now and join Heresy After Hours. It's our free Facebook group. We have a couple of thousand heretics like you. There's questions, there's memes, there's funnies, there's stories, and there's obviously voting for your favorite heretic. Uh, so go ahead and get a jump start. If you're not on Heresy After Hours in Facebook, just Google it, type it into the search bar of Facebook. You'll find us. Apply to join, and then we'll let the elect few in. And again, just want to say thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon. Uh, it means so much to us. Uh, we're so grateful that you uh, have decided to kind of put your money where your mouth is and support the Heretic Happy Hour podcast. If you haven't done so, go to patreon.com slash heretic happy hour uh, and... Uh, you know, any amount you can you can support us every month would mean so much. And we will also allow you into our secret, private, exclusive Heretic Happy Hour uh, Facebook group. And uh, you will unlock so many so, like hilarious, funny, behind-the-scenes um, additional interview clips. Um, we do extra sort of uh, conversations after the show that we record just for the, uh, our patrons. So go over there and check it out patreon.com slash heretic happy hour. My hope is that one of your new year's resolutions is to rate and review us. Thanks so much to all of you who have already done that. Uh, Really grateful for the recent ratings and reviews and 
as I've said before, it's how people like you find people like us. So it makes a big difference for us if you take your time, if you take some time to do it. Thank you. Yes. Oh, thanks, Barrett. Congrats, Barrett. I mean, he got he had he had a child in the yes. midst of his playing banjo for us. He has a child. Yeah, he found the time. Yeah, congrats, Barrett, and congrats, April, for winning Heretic of the Year. Well yes. deserved. And to all of our nominees, all of our nominees, you're all winners. Well, Heretics are the weaker winners, really. <laughs>